Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, we'll celebrate Ernest Borby's birthday, engage in some wordplay, find out what happened last night, and play Dungeons and Dragons. Back on the October 9th show, I played Paddle Addle by Borby's Jazz Orchestra and said you'd hear three more by Borby on the October 23rd show. Well, I lied. I had a reason, though, and that is that I realized Borby had a birthday coming up, which we're celebrating today. Last week, December 5th, marked the birth in 1892 in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, of Ernest Theodore Borby to Bernard Borby and Pauline F. Peterson. He worked as a bookkeeper and accountant, but at night led a popular five-piece dance band called Borby's Jazz Band, J-A-S-S, along with Wilbur Sweatman and his jazz band and Rudy Weedoff's Frisco Jazz Band, attempting to take advantage of the popularity of the original Dixieland jazz band. Borby's band made their first recordings for Columbia on Valentine's Day 1917 and made two more sides six months later. At the time, Borby was employed by the Robert Gare Company in Brooklyn as a general office assistant. Fun fact, Robert Gare developed a method to print, cut, and crease cardboard boxes in one continuous process leading to the packaging of Nabisco Unita biscuits in individual cardboard boxes instead of being stored in and sold from barrels in general stores. On November 25, 1918, Borby married Harriet Brown in New York, and about seven years later, Ernest Borby Jr. was born. In 1923, Borby recorded five sides for the Olympic label as pianist with the original Georgia Five, led by trombonist William Drews, at the time booked for a long residency at the Rosemont Ballroom in Brooklyn. Little else is known about Borby or his subsequent life. In 1942, he was working for the Railway Express Agency, and he died September 3, 1957, in New York City. Here are three from Ernest Borby.
family right next door wakes the neighbors three or four when the daughter comes home with her bowl. First they stand outside the skin, after that they tiptoe in and begin their spooning down below. Then when all is quiet in the hall, down the stairs you hear her mother call. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Who's with you there? Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Stop that affair. Why does it take you so long to say goodnight? You know I've always told you it ain't safe to stand in hallways, Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Give him his hat. Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Just leave him flat. I forgot what mother taught me. That's the way your father taught me, Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Come right up there. Maggie doesn't care a bit what the neighbors think of it. She declares that loving is no crime. Even though her sweetheart Dan always was a union man, Maggie has him working overtime. Now and then they lean against a bell. Then the whole down house begins to yell. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Who's with you there? Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Stop that affair. You wake the neighbors the way you carry on. I'm gonna have a copper chase that young finale hopper. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Give him his hat. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Just leave him flat. Give his face a don for smacking if he tries to be wise-tracking. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Come right up there. Maggie? Yes, ma'am. Come right upstairs, Maggie. Yes, ma'am. I said your prayers. I know that young man wears very sporty clothes. His shirt is like a warning. Now I know who swipes the awning, Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Tell him the time. Maggie, don't stand upon his time. He's got dandruff and you'll catch it. Then you'll want a suit to match it, Maggie. Yes, ma'am. Come right upstairs. The original Georgia Five and Maggie, yes ma'am, come right upstairs. Leslie Moore composed the music and the lyrics were written by Johnny Tucker. You can't really hear him in there, but on piano, Ernest Borby. That's from Olympic 78, number 1519, made in early 1923, but Maggie was issued on no less than six other labels. The Olympic Disc Record Corporation started out in 1921 as a subsidiary of the Remington Phonograph Corporation, which failed in December of the same year. The Olympic trademark, masters, and recording facilities were purchased in April of 1922 by John Fletcher, founder of Operaphone and Harry Pace of Black Swan, for their newly formed Fletcher Record Company, a rare example of interracial management. Fletcher declared bankruptcy in 1923, and the pressing plant was sold to Harry Yerkes. Fletcher revived the Olympic label in 1924, now owned by the Capitol Roll and Record Company, but it was discontinued for good in early 1925. Before Maggie were two by Borby's Jazz Orchestra. 
We started with Just the Kind of a Girl You'd Love to Make Your Wife. That was an instrumental with the music by Harry Von Tilzer, but there are words written by Lou Klein. Columbia A2233 was recorded February 14, 1917, and was followed by Columbia A2363, The Ragtime Volunteers Are Off to War, written by James T. Hanley, recorded August 16, 1917. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. One of the few games I play on my phone is Word Hero, a boggle-type word game I play while waiting in the doctor's office, in a long line, or if I wake up at 3 in the morning and can't go back to sleep. Word Hero players can create taglines beneath their username, visible to everyone playing the game. Many simply say greetings from wherever they are located. Some carry religious or political messages, with a lot of those thinking they are far more clever or funny than they actually are. My Word Hero tagline says, I play toe-tapping music of the 1920s and 30s, from 78 RPM Records on KISL 88.7 FM, Avalon. Listen to all archived shows streaming online 24-7 or download at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com. Remarkably, I've gained a number of new regular listeners through my Word Hero tagline. One player's tagline even says, Rapidly Rotating Records podcast always makes me happy. I was very pleasantly surprised the other day when I received an email from Carrie in Chicago, who listened to the show after reading my tagline and has become a regular listener. Carrie has her own radio show on WLUW, the Loyola University station in Chicago, coincidentally broadcasting at 88.7, as all the best stations do. So, with thanks and best wishes to fellow DJ, record collector, and word nerd, Carrie, here's a set of rapidly rotating records about words, beginning with the Benson Orchestra of Chicago. Thank you. 
Duncan sisters, Vivian and Rosetta, of I Got It Coded by Doe's fame, who have the crossword puzzle blues from Victor 19527, recorded in Chicago on November 14, 1924. Frederick Herendine wrote crossword puzzle blues, and the sisters were accompanied on piano by Florence Sanger. Before that, Tom Berwick's Ritz-Carlton Orchestra, credited on the label of Electrodisc 1911 as the Pennsylvania Collegians, with one little word led to another. Isham Jones wrote the tune, and the Charles Newman lyrics were sung on September 30, 1932, by Joe Lucarell. Well, not really. Joe Lucarell was a pseudonym for James Harkins. 
We started off with the Benson Orchestra of Chicago under the direction of Don Bester with Words, composed by Otis Spencer. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Al Dubin and Al Tucker, who are generously credited on the label of Victor 19484, made September 29, 1924. Thanks again, Carrie. I hope you enjoyed those. See you on Word Hero. As I was putting this show together, I came across a great record posted on Facebook by a fellow collector, How's About Tomorrow Night by the Frizee Sisters. I was going to use it as the basis of a Tomorrow Night segment, but realized I played it back on the May 8th show, so this segment is now about last night. And starting it off is Charlie Blaine.
dreaming was thousands of years ago. Sweet was the story I told you, sweet but the end was a sigh. You told me that you loved an old last night when you said goodbye. Last night the stars were all aglow. Last night I loved, I loved you so. My heart was glad for you were near. I held your hand and called you dear. My dear, and then the stars grew dim and cold. The moon grew pale, my heart grew old. My dream is o'er to live no more. Last night was the Beaming for me till I saw it die. Why did you teach me to love you? Why, when you knew we must part, a smile and you left me forever last night. When you broke my heart Last night the stars were all aglow Last night I loved, I loved you so My heart was glad for you were near I held your hand and called you Dear, my dear, and then the stars go dim and cold. The moon grew pale, my heart grew old. My dream is o'er to live no more. Last night was the
Broadway Music Masters was a pseudonym for a whole host of bands, including Harry Reeser, the California Ramblers, and Nathan Glantz. But in this case, it was Joseph Samuels on Grey Gull 1185, credited as the Broadway Melody Makers from around August 28, 1923, with the big college song hit, Last Night on the Back Porch. Carl Schraubstadter wrote the music, and there are words written by Lou Brown. I've had the pleasure of enjoying Sunday brunch in the Garden Court of the Palace Hotel in San Francisco, one of the most beautiful rooms in the world. And we started off this segment with Jesse Stafford and his Palace Hotel Orchestra with I Only Wish I Had You With Me Last Night, Honey, written by Joseph McCarthy and James Monaco. Brunswick 4627 was recorded in San Francisco on September 4, 1929, and was also issued in Australia. The vocalist was Charlie Blaine, which sounds like a pseudonym, but I believe he was a real person. In between was Charles Harrison displaying his remarkable talent, developed with the help of his voice teacher Frederick Bristol, on Last Night Was the End of the World, composed by Harry Von Tilzer, with the words by Andrew B. Sterling. That was recorded April 8, 1913, and if I didn't tell you, you probably wouldn't guess it was an Edison 4-minute celluloid cylinder, number F15, made three weeks after Henry Burr's similar but shorter and faster rendition for Victor, issued on a flat disc. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available 24-7 on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. I don't know the first thing about Dungeons & Dragons. I read that it's a fantasy tabletop role-playing game in which the players form an adventuring party and explore fantasy worlds together as they embark on epic quests and level up in experience. It requires abstract thinking and has complicated rules, so I think I'll just stick with dominoes. Nonetheless, in this segment, we're going to play Dungeons & Dragons, and here to start things off are Tony Parenti's New Orleanians. Thank you. 
from the song he rolls through the corridors as his watchful rounds he makes. There is never a traitor in all his realms for their monarch never sleeps and there's none dare say to the turnkey he is king of the dungeon keeps then it's ho 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 I am king of the dungeon deep. There is music of bolt and chain in the turnkey's dark domain. How merrily jingle chains that cling. How merrily jingle keys that swing. I am king, king, king of the dungeon. Another Edison four-minute Amberol cylinder with quite good fidelity, British Series 12088, The Song of the Turnkey, subtitled In the Dungeon Deep. It's from the operetta Rob Roy by composer Reginald DeCoven and lyricist Harry B. Smith, loosely based upon the life of Scottish folk hero Robert Roy McGregor, better known as Rob Roy. It was recorded by Wilfred Glenn, but sung there by Gus Reed. Well, not exactly. Gus Reed was a pseudonym for Harold Paul Nelson, born in 1881, an early recording artist for Edison. He recorded as a soloist and bass member of the Knickerbocker Quartet from 1908 to 1913. And he has at least one composer credit for In Good Old Georgia Land but unfortunately I could find no recordings of it. Reed also performed in vaudeville as a member of Lou Dockstetter's Minstrels and appeared, mostly uncredited, in numerous films from 1933 to 1943. Gus Reed died in 1965. We started the dungeon portion of this Dungeon and Dragons segment with Tony Parenti's New Orleanians, who were in the dungeon on April 27, 1928. They were actually in the God Show building in New Orleans where they recorded Columbia 1548-D with vocalist Jack Bryan. Tony Parenti wrote In the Dungeon, I hope not in the dungeon. Well, that's it for the dungeons. Here are some dragons. <laughs> Thank you. 
the Banda Internacional, directed by Eduardo Vigil y Robles, with Marcha Dragona, which of course translates as Dragon March, composed by Jose Perches Enriquez. That's from Victor 75259A, recorded September 14, 1927. The Cotton Blossom Orchestra, a Grey Gull studio band, got things started with Dragon the Dragon. The label of Globe 78, number 1262, credits Handy, which you might think is W.C. Handy, but Dragon the Dragon was actually composed by Bob Herring. There are words written by Al Bernard. The Handy comes from the fact that the sheet music was published by Handy Brothers Music Company, formed in 1918 by W.C. Handy. It's the oldest black-owned music publishing company in the world and is still family-owned and operated. Good news! I think we have time for one more. a fun record, Listening on Some Radio, from Ziegfeld Follies of 1922. The music was written by Victor Herbert, Louis Hirsch, and Dave Stamper. The Gene Buck lyrics go, A favor would you please bestow? Please, can I use your radio? 
If you would be so kind, I want to try to find the one I love. Since we parted, I'm lonely and broken-hearted. I know she has a wireless phone. Perhaps she, too, is all alone. I wonder if she's blue. Maybe she's yearning, too. By radio, I can reach her. Will you let me beseech her? That was Herman Popper and his S.S. George Washington Orchestra from OK4668, recorded in August of 1922. The S.S. George Washington was built in 1908 in Germany and was named after the first president of the United States. It was the third largest ship in the world at the time and could carry nearly 3,000 passengers in luxuriously appointed staterooms, at least for those traveling first class. The George Washington was interned by the U.S. and used as a troop transport in World War I. She also saw service in World War II, but was severely damaged by fire in 1951 and sold for scrap. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. If you had half as much fun as I did, then I had twice as much fun as you. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶